This program is sponsored by Dave Stahl. Shooter ready. Stand by. Welcome to Gun Owners Radio. We are your Second Amendment community. Interviews, product reviews, politics, trivia. Gun Owners Radio has it all and more. Check us out at gunownersradio.com and tune in every week to hear Dave Stahl, Michael Schwartz, and all our guests talk about everything Second Amendment. Here we go. All right, folks. Welcome to Gun Owners Radio. FM 96.1. AM 1170. The answer. All right. Hey, did you know Americans stop and prevent a violent crime one to three million times per year with a gun? That's right. Studies from Florida State, the CDC, and the Crime Prevention Research Center show that guns are used to protect life 25 times more than when they are uh, used to take a life. That's 25 times, and that estimate's kind of low. Hey, and if you believe that good people deserve the best tools to defend themselves and their families, then you should be a member of San Diego County Gun Owners. San Diego County Gun Owners makes it easy to connect with the community that's fighting to defend and restore your Second Amendment rights. Become a member today. It's only 10 bucks. Go to sdcgo.org slash join and become a member. That's right. What's going on? Jeez, I just seen you. I know. It's like you're following me. I know I am. Uh, I'm looking for a watch. <laughs> you're always like, there was a lady at the KUSI this morning. She goes, yeah, I bought my husband, I don't know, five or six watches. Yeah? My wife never bought me a watch. No. Neither, that, neither did yours. I think no. Well, no. I think we should. Know, I didn't really wear a watch until like a, a year ago. I know. I wore know. a watch when I was a kid, and I always it would be the ugliest, like you know, most high tech, you know. Yeah, you know what she said. What's that? Or what he said? What's that? I only wear Invictus. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. The That's big, right. Yeah, the big, the big guy. Yeah, yeah. He only wears Invictus. Invictus are kind of interesting. Yeah, they are. Yeah. You just wish you had one. I do have one. You do that. I do. It you was do? a gift from a buddy of mine. He was an Invicta collector. So lucky guy. I very very rarely wear it. Oh, you want me to tell you what my birthday is? Sure. So you can send me anything. <laughs> you can tell me. <laughs> I'm not gonna get. When one. is your birthday? I've known you for like seven years. I don't think you've had one. You wouldn't. You I, I've seen you once a week for like seven years. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't remember. And a couple times in the morning. Yeah, I don't remember a birthday. August the tenth. Oh, I'm a Leo. It's coming up. Be careful. All right. We'll have to, I'll have to try to remember that. You will forget. <laughs> I'm definitely going to forget. You will totally forget. I don't remember. What, what are we remember. talking about today? We got two So hours. we have Shari in the studio. How are you, Shari? Good. How are you? Fantastic. You get a little closer. She's to from, we're going to talk all about your organization called RAD, which is, it is, it's very RAD. What's it stand for? What? The RAD stands for Reactive Attachment Disorder. People think it stands for RAD, like well, we used super to have, cool. But. Well, we used to have a program called Racers Against Drugs. Yes. And it was all, you know, trying to stop. Of course, right now, everybody's into it because, you know, we're not trying to stop it like we used to. Oh, that's interesting. Well, that's not what, that's good. We're going to hear all about her, her uh, and it's very timely and it's a very interesting organization. And uh, you guys are super passionate about what you're doing. I can't wait to, to go into detail. Yeah. We were already, I broke the rule. We were already having a whole conversation off the you air know, about. you're not supposed to do that. I, I like breaking She must rules. be into it because you drugged the whole family down. Yeah. <laughs> Well, <laughs> they're probably going to go have Asian food. <laughs> well, maybe you're going to. I would. I would love it. Yes. Uh, we're also going to talk about how a gun gets added to the California pistol roster, which is uh, a first in years. Basically, uh, it used to be next to impossible. We're going to talk about 
Why now? Why can we suddenly add pistols to the pistol roster, the pistol roster, the safe handgun roster, which is, of course, a slow-moving de facto pistol ban, but it looks like we're having some uh, positive effect on that. You know, CRPA has a lawsuit against the handgun roster, and then San Diego County Gunners, we also have a uh, – a, uh, we're plaintiffs in a lawsuit against the roster, the Rena case. So uh, I think that uh, this is a clear um, victory – that started with the Bruin case last last year, yeah. and we're going to see a whole lot of progress with the. Okay. And we're going to talk about Tuesday night. We're going to talk about Tuesday night. Yep. Unfortunately, my well decided I didn't need any more water, and that caused me to have a heart attack, so I wasn't able to make it. But your segment on KUSI was phenomenal. It well, was thank really you. Really fair. I mean, really, because for someone I wasn't able to go, I don't really have to ask you anymore. Yeah, well, we're going to talk all about it. What you're talking about is the La Mesa Safe Storage City Council Meeting Act, yeah. et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. We're going to talk all about that, what happened, what the next steps are. Um, it's 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 pretty interesting in that nobody's getting it right. Um, I, I read the Union Tribune story. They didn't get it right. I read the um, East County. I think East County Gazette. Is that what it is? Yeah. I don't, one of those. Anyway, I read like three stories, and none of them are getting it right. Um which it, it, it's pretty interesting. It's not just a matter of, well, did they pass it or didn't they pass it? Um, we had a positive effect. Um, we didn't completely win, but we also didn't completely but lose. But you changed their minds midstream. I think so. I think that's the that's the phenomenal part. I think so. Oh, oh well, that wasn't what we said originally. Yeah. No, this is what we say now. Well, and we're going to talk about I really want to get into detail yeah. and talk about what a – it was a weird situation. I, I would have loved to have seen the look on your face yeah, it was. That's not why we're here. I know it was very strange. And then we're going to talk about the San Diego County Gun Violence Community Needs Assessment Final Report Hearing, mm, ooh, hearing. which is happening on Tuesday. There's a lot happening on yeah. uh, this coming up Tuesday. Um, we already went over a little bit of it, but we're going to talk about exactly what they're doing on Tuesday and what we need folks to do in response to what they're doing on Tuesday. And then, of course, we're going to ask Sam the Gunman a fantastic uh, uh, trivia question. Cool. Don't forget to get your gun prom tickets. If you haven't gotten your gun prom tickets, now is the time. We're just a couple of months. September feels like it's it's a far ways away. It's not. September's right around the corner. Right. So September 16th, uh, we're gonna, we have to end uh, ticket sales uh, September 1st. So you really only have uh, – you don't even have two months. Mm-hmm. So we got to hurry up and buy your tickets. Don't miss gun prom. Alicia, how are you? I'm doing well. Late. Good. Welcome, welcome. <laughs> Worth the wait. <laughs> there you go. Fashion you cable. Oh, you're already plugged in? How'd that happen? It's not on. She's just that good. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Massachusetts HD 4420. Does it really make the worst state in the country for – does it really make it the worst state in the, in the country for gun owners? Um, and then, of course, uh, we'll, we'll touch on the uh, Magnum episode with uh, – we had him in here, uh, Matthias Quallenberg. Mm. Remember that guy? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Matthias? So, did I? What did I say? Did I mispronounce it again? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he corrected me. I know. So embarrassed. Now she just corrected you. He's got way too many. <laughs> he's got like way too many. There's first of all, there's way too many T's in there. Does he really need both T's? I don't think so. And then uh, I don't know. I I want to talk to Matthias. And uh, is I that think correct? We need to uh, we need to talk to him. We need to reevaluate how he spells his name. How old is he? It's about he's time. forty. Time for a change. It's it is. It's yeah. time for you know. I mean, this makes it particularly difficult. His name would be great in Scrabble. You in that triple word score? He's <laughs> got that Q in there and everything. He's got, he does have a great Scrabble name. Um, okay, so uh, that's it, the 
we did about a one hour interview, a Magnum episode. If you go on our YouTube channel, you'll see uh, you know little snippets from past shows, but then you'll also see our long form interviews, which we call our Magnum episodes, and uh, that's dropping this week. Highly recommend it. He uh, he grew up uh, in Germany till he was twenty five, and then he came to the United States. And now has guns and wears a cowboy hat, and uh, we totally Americanized him. Totally, which is, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe that's the problem. Maybe they should have they should have handled this problem when he was on Ellis Island. How how he spells his name? Yeah, they should. They should have totally Americanized it back then. We might have to do that in a retro fashion. I think is what we'll have to do. So, so yeah. Anyway, so uh, but again, buy your uh, gun prom tickets. Gunprom.com. Go to gunprom.com right now. Uh, an individual ticket is uh, there's an early bird special. It's only ninety nine bucks. Don't miss the early bird special. We just extended it, so go buy your tickets or sponsor a table. We have tables of eight um, that you can sponsor. A wine mm-hmm. table is $1,600, and it comes with wine and food and fun. And then the champagne table is $3,000, and that comes with a special gift, and it comes with raffle tickets, and it comes with champagne. So, yeah, all kinds of fun happening. Cool. I know, right? All right. Time to break? No. Yeah. Well, almost. Yeah, almost yeah. time to break. So, what, were you on the were you on the range all day? I was on the range all day. Yeah. And you're welcome. I did go home and take a quick rinse. <laughs> Those ranges get hot in summer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How did it go? Were, were it students or what was going? It on? was a, a classroom full of CCW students, so it was all their shoe quals. Oh, cool. Yep. yep. Well, there you go. Well, welcome, welcome, and thanks for showering. We surely <laughs> appreciate it. <laughs> We're going to take a quick break. Why? Because it's Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks, welcome to Gun Owners Radio. FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, if you own a gun in California, you should have an attorney that specializes in California gun laws on your speed dial. Because if you ever have legal matters that involve firearms, you need a California firearm lawyer, John Dillon. Especially if you have questions about red flag laws, gun registration, gun transportation, or maybe you just need to know that your guns are California compliant. And you should always talk to John before you talk to anybody else gun-related. Our trusted firearms attorney is John Dillon. John Dillon specializes in California gun laws. Put his number on your phone right now, 760-642-7150. That's John Dillon's California firearms lawyer, 760-642-7150. All right, I want to introduce everybody to someone very special. Her name's Shari, and she's from the RAD movement. Why is she throwing her family out? I don't know. I don't know. I guess you must have been. It must have been something you said. I don't know. There. Well, it was Alicia taking a shower. I guess she lied. So, Shari, tell us all about the. What is rad? So rad. The reason why it said why it's called rad is mm-hmm. originally prior to our family experiencing what we did, mm-hmm. um, we had intentions on opening up a healing ranch for children who have rad and age out of the system or age out of you know they turn 18 and there's really nowhere for them to go. What is, what is rad? What does that stand for? It's reactive attachment disorder. What is that? And so, um, in layman's terms, everything they do is counterintuitive. If you tell a kid with rad, don't touch that fire. It's going to burn your finger. Mm. They will touch the fire and look you dead in the eye while they do it. Mm. Um, I, might, I think I may have had that. Thing. <laughs> I, think I, I think I did too. I, I don't mean to joke about it, but yeah. I, I'm sure it's very serious. Yeah. yeah. So uh, intent, uh, 
initially what our, our plan was, was to create this healing ranch at some point. And um, when our family experienced the tragedy that we did, um, and we ultimately ended up helping two other families after us, mm-hmm and then decided to kind of formalize what we were doing. Um, it just organically was the rad movement. And what, what, did, what, did, what did you guys experience? So our oldest adopted daughter mm-hmm. um, had an experience at school that um, because of her disabilities, um, she was unable to recognize that it was what it was. And um, in the midst of that, she spiraled and took off. And, um, you know, in the 14 years that we had had her placed with us and adopted, she had never, ever done anything like that. And it was a direct result of what she had experienced at school, which unfortunately I can't get too much into. Um, So ultimately she went missing for five days and we found her with five traffickers. Mm. Jeez. Mm. So. So the, uh, so you guys started this organization to, to stop trafficking. Initially, what we started it for was to help families who experienced what we did. Um, we are very big and strong supporters of law enforcement, but through our own personal tragedy, we learned that what law enforcement can do when a child goes missing mm-hmm. is very limited. Yeah. And, and that's surprising to a lot of people, especially the layperson who... Is it is it psychological or is it medical? Rad. Yeah. It's it's a mental health issue basically. So did you know she had it when you adopted her? Oh yeah. Well, when we adopted her, no. Okay. So she was placed with us when she was five, and she had an array of little signs, things that um, you know that. And did you know what this was? We did not. You, so yeah. you're. So I guess I guess the the, the question is. <clears throat> What are some of the signs for families out there that may have a child that's going through this and they have no idea? So in our experience, what we've learned over the last 14 years is most, every child who has had some type of bond broken with their, the maternal, with their mother, Mm -hmm. that maternal bond is broken or interrupted between the age zero and five is likely going to have some form of reactive attachment disorder. But the organization's focus isn't isn't really on that. No, the no. The organization's focus has turned to finding missing children, yeah, which yeah. has then organically evolved into helping anybody that goes missing. Mm-hmm. So um, it started with a Facebook message from a mom who said, um, "I need your help. I heard your daughter was missing, and you guys found her. Somebody told me to reach out to you." Mm. So I called my closest girlfriends and said, hey, we got to help this mom. Mm-hmm. You know, her kid's missing. Because, mm-hmm. you, you know, when you go through that, you know, I mean, to this day, it's been, a, it's been two and a half, almost three years now, but I still have PTSD from it. So you go into this mode of you remember what that felt like, mm-hmm. and you don't want anybody else to feel that for two seconds, longer than they have to. And so us girls found this girl up in Glendale within four hours. How did, wow. Like, how did that even... Internet. How do you even know where to start? Um, <laughs> us moms can get pretty, pretty crazy. <laughs> um, no, in, in all seriousness, um, we started going through her social media. Uh, we went through her electronics, and we were able to put the pieces together. And so, again, what a lot of people don't understand is law enforcement can't just come take a phone and right. be like, okay, hang on, we're going to figure this out. With her phone. They have right. to get search warrants. They have to get subpoenas. They have to go through it's all that. Not like on TV. Right. Mm-hmm. Where we don't. 
we don't. Yeah. And they can't go kick a door down. We you can. can. So, do so. You, so do you guys have, okay, so you, you went on social media and you found that, that this person, uh, uh, we're talking about totally separate, we're not talking about your daughter anymore, we're talking right. about somebody totally separate. Yeah. Somebody anonymous. Mm-hmm. So how much are you able to tell us about what what was happening? Like how did this this girl disappear? What happened? I can tell you everything. Her mom has come and spoke at our meetings and shared their story publicly. So <clears throat> it was an adult male, and he was what we call in this industry a Romeo pimp. So he was younger, but over 18, and he had hit her up on Snapchat, and she was 13. And it started with telling her, you know, how pretty she was, and, and you know, he wanted to be her boyfriend and all this. And she's, you know, socially, emotionally too immature to understand any of it. And... um he groomed her to the point where he was actually coming from Glendale down to El Cajon and having relations with her in the parking lot of her apartment complex. Um, and so he was kind of wooing her for about, I think we determined it was just over two months and ultimately came down one night, picked her up and took off with her. So, um, the other way we were able to find her too was her brother had saw her in the parking lot talking to this person and he snapped a picture of the license plate. And he had told the mom, hey, this guy was talking to her, you know. So ultimately, um, we were able to run that plate through somebody who's part of our group who has that ability. That we're not going to talk about. That we're not going to talk about. (laughs) Um, Hey, that's a trade secret, right? Yeah, right. And so um, we ultimately were able to track down three addresses with that license plate. And with his name and his social media we were able to get a few more. There's another person on our team that literally, she's a godsend. You give her a name and an approximate age or date of birth, and she can tell you the last time they had a bowel movement. It's amazing. Jeez. But she, uh, so, she's, so she's this, a real asset. So this person, and you said in Glendale? Yes. This person they found her with, mm-hmm. and you, you described him as a Romeo pimp, which yes. means that he, he, he pimps out girls, uh, and the way he attracts them is he makes them think that he's – you know, he wants, wants to, to be, be their, their boyfriend. boyfriend. Okay. Yeah. And they're beautiful. So, yeah. so this guy, this is what he does professionally. Like this is, he, he wasn't, uh, this wasn't his first time. This is yeah. what he does over and over again. He's a 19 year old that was driving a brand new seven series and was in a penthouse apartment up in Glendale. Jeez. Yeah. So what were the consequences to Yeah. Him? What tree is he hanging from? So he's actually, he took a plea deal. Um, at the last minute he was, they was going to go to trial, but he took a plea deal at the last minute and I believe he got just under 10 years. Mm. Yeah. I wonder what happens yeah. to their assets. So this guy, he probably didn't have any assets. He was probably spending it. Yeah, he did. He had a seven series. Wow. And that a all, I think that all came, though, from what they call the gorilla. Forbidden pen. fruit. Yeah. Or, you know, the, yeah. yeah. The, the guy up above him provides him with all that. Oh, I see. I see. The guy up above him? So that he, the boss. This pimp mm-hmm. works for other pimps? Yeah. So, what the Romeo pimp does is they come in there and they grade them, if you will. And so they, you know, court them and try to make them think that they want to be their boyfriend and ultimately have relations with them. And then they score them and then they report back on whether. You know they what they think of them and where to place them, and in. then they pa- he passes, passes her, her on to the guy yeah. upstairs. Yep. That's did they get to the guy upstairs? No, no, and, and you know, and that's the downfall. That sometimes you know when we get them as early as we do with her, mm-hmm. we don't necessarily get to the next the next, next level. Guy, yeah, but we've knocked him out. So. so how long have you been doing this? It's been two and a half. Well. The, yeah, just over two years. How many girls have you? That's what you would talk, talk talk about volume. Like what yeah. kind of like is this 
rare or is this something that's keeping a lot of people busy or it's actually pretty common sadly Didn't they just do a movie on it i haven't seen it but sound of freedom yeah yeah, yeah. so um we personally have recovered 36 individuals not all of them are children um we have recovered some adults um not all are trafficking situations sometimes Fortunately, we get them before it goes to that. Sometimes sure. it's kids who are troubled and run away or um, have mental health issues and end up in these homeless encampments. Um, and, you know, in many cases they have been assaulted but haven't necessarily been trafficked yet. Whoa. 36 women and girls in two and a half years. And one male. And one male. Mm-hmm. Goodness. Gracious. I don't even understand this. It's I, not even a concept. Like, I can't even, like, I'm seriously, I don't, I, I, I don't understand this. Like, it doesn't, doesn't make click. sense. It's not, there's so well, many questions still. What? So what? No wonder you had a show off air. Yeah, I know. I was talking to her. It was, you know, there was so much. So what, uh, I, you know, when we were kids, when I was a kid back in the 80s, you know, it was don't take candy from strangers, you know. Right. Which was pretty Clear cut. Mm-hmm. But now it's like this complicated social media, That's internet driven. I mean, this is enormous emotional. You know what I mean? I mean, mm-hmm. it's. And it's, there's people yeah. that don't think TikTok and Facebook and Instagram are all bad. I think they're the worst. They absolutely are. Absolutely the worst. There's private I, messaging abilities that well, yeah. that's, kids yeah. should that don't have children the ability have no to business. understand it. Correct. Yeah, they have no business and on the any parents, of those apps. The parents don't Even know. teenagers. Even well, teenagers. And, and, and your stories brings up this other thing, that the kids thinking mm-hmm. they're going to change from being a boy to a girl. How could they make that decision? Especially when little girls like her, at the age of 13, mm-hmm. fell for this guy. Okay, so so you talk. So one of the things you do is people contact you and you help them find. You know, um, is it is it? It must be extremely important to contact. You know, you you must uh, get inquiries within twenty four hours of someone missing. I mean, it must be pretty quick. Yeah, the sooner we get contacted, the better. Um, the The first hour is crucial. Really, how do they, how do they find you? Um, we are on social media and we do have a website. And we do not um, look for people to go find. Um, we, people come to us. So I guess. You drive a black Escalade? A white Denali. <laughs> no, you got to get a black one with all the windows tinted black. My first Denali was black and all blacked out. Yeah. <laughs> see, see. It's a pain to so. clean. I knew she was that. <laughs> see, you never want to piss off a mom. I'm telling you. But you're staying. Yeah, you're going to. Yeah, she's yeah. doing the whole show, right? <laughs> Yes. Good. Oh, yeah. Continuing. Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, w- all right, folks. Welcome. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Orange County Gun Owners is dedicated to preserving and restoring Orange County self-defense rights. And if you live in Orange County and want to help defend and restore the Second Amendment, join OCGunOwners.com slash join. Orange County Gun Owners is the organization to help get more pro Second Amendment officials elected. Become a member today. OCGunOwners.com slash join. 
So we're talking with Shari from the Rad Movement, and we were just—I'm just completely blown away by this. So one of the things that you do is uh, you help—you uh, help, you help uh, people reach out to you. They hear about you, word of mouth, social media, whatever. But if if uh, someone underage and female, uh, if they're missing, not necessarily female. Yeah, it's male or female, and quite frankly, it doesn't matter their age either. So any age, um, but it sounds like the majority are underage and female. They are. If they disappear, um, you help you help find them. Your, yeah. your organization helps find them. We do. And we've recently, um, in the last year, partnered with a ranch, which sadly is full now, but a ranch in Texas. Because once these, once these I don't like to call them victims, I like to call them clients. survivors. Once clients? these survivors um, are located... The, the trauma that they have endured and what they need far surpasses anything anything in this state can offer them. And so it's a specialty care that they need. And um, so we've partnered with and this And they ranch. probably need to get out of the area to begin with. <clears throat> Absolutely. Change the venue. Absolutely. It's only 124 degrees. What are some... What are some uh, what are some commonalities? What are what are some things that each of these cases have in common, or you know what I mean? What what are some things that uh, you know some patterns? Well, with the with the younger the younger girls, um, social media. They're communicating through social media, and they're communicating with people that they don't know that they that they believe are kids, and in some cases they are. Um, one case we had, they were actually using Pinterest to communicate. Pinterest has a chat feature mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we had, we didn't, we didn't know that until that case, but, um, they are communicating with just random, these kids will communicate with anybody that will respond to them on the internet. And it's so, scary. so, I mean, but I think that's interesting. So every, every girl, every underage girl is on social media, you know, like every one of them, you know, they're all on whatever Instagram, TikTok, 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 whatever. Yeah. But not all of them are talking to strangers, or even or even if the, the ones that are talking to strangers, they're not all leaving to go be with a stranger. Is, no. is there something is something happening? You know what I mean? Is there something? Is there a common trait? Well, I mean, I will say a lot of the population that we're dealing with has some sort of mental health illness, mental health illness, or um, some special needs. There mm-hmm. is that that has been an element on a lot of the cases that we've dealt with. Um, some of these kiddos, the major- vast majority, have been on IEPs, ind- individualized educational programs through their schools, um, or you know they've got something going on. But that- these guys are surfing. They prey on them. That's all yeah. they're doing is they're going. They're, they're, and then they'll just say. Hey Julie, I seen your website or I seen your post. Man, you are absolutely gorgeous. Maybe, you know, I they know just it spread goes, a wide net and see who. Well, that's what it is, yeah. and whoever responds back and says, "Oh, well, thank you." You know. So what? Nice. What yeah. kind of what kind of uh, cooperation or what kind of response? How how do you guys work with uh, with uh, law enforcement? I will tell you this: sheriffs uh, have been amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, we've worked pretty closely with the San Diego Sheriff's Missing Juvenile Unit for the last over a year now. Nice. Um, you know, we have a common understanding and mutual respect. And I think once they got to know us and, you know, what we were about, that we weren't some, you know, rogue group and we are respectable, um, that changed the dynamic there. What do you think they were worried? You think they were worried about you being inexperienced or they were worried about you being vigilantes or what was the concern? Yeah. I mean, there's the, 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 there, there are vigilantes out there and I mean, do we do what we need to do to get the kid home? We do. Um, but we are, um, 
we're smart and we are ethical and, you know, we have, I think we conduct ourselves in a way that is respectable, period. And we still get the job done. Do you just go as far as apprehension? I mean, do you just Mm -hmm. follow it right or do you actually? If we have to. We do what we need to do to get the kid home. So how do you find people who are qualified to apprehend? We are very particular. Our group is pretty tight. The majority of us have known each other well over 20 years. How many in the group? Um, Our core group, there's about 11 of us. But But, as far as volunteers, upwards of 40. If more, you know, if we need people to go ride trolleys, we have about 60 trolley riders. And we say that when I say trolley riders is because when a kiddo goes missing, the first thing we do is put a bunch of people on the trolleys. Right. Why is that? Because that's typically how they're getting around. Really? The trolleys and the sprinter. They don't have a car. Yeah. They don't have a car. So if they're not getting picked up on their front door. Right. So, but how, I guess my, my question, I mean, have you guys gone through, they, is there some kind of training or do you look for people with a certain background? I mean, confronting a career criminal is not recommended. That's no. not, that's not a walk in the park. No. Um, I can only speak for myself personally. When you've been the parent of a child that's missing, there's nothing that's going to stop you. You do what you have to do. You do what you have to do. You do what you have to do. Well, but I guess what I'm asking though is 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 there do you, is there a, tr- a training program or, or you know what I mean? Or, so we. So here's what I'm yeah. really looking for. If there are people out there like, hey, I, I think I want to help the, this organization, um, you know, how how would they get involved? I mean, they don't necessarily have to go confront a bad guy. Right. There are a lot of things to do, but do you have you know training for for that kind of thing, or, or how does that work? So the majority of the individuals that are door kickers um, have law enforcement, have military. Um, so there's that. So if but you do have, have law enforcement or, or military, uh, military background, I know there were, there was at least one other organization in town that was doing something similar. And like all their guys were former special ops guys. Wasn't that off of, uh, the one, uh, from, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah so him and his yeah. buddy were doing it. Well, it was, it was like a whole group of them, but, right. but you don't, but you have, you have positions for, for other, uh, you know, it sounds like a trolley rider or something who wouldn't confront somebody. It sounds like you, you have positions for, for all kinds of people. Absolutely. Okay. Are you yeah. looking for more people to, to We're volunteer? We're always looking for people to volunteer. Like right now we've got two kiddos that are missing and more than half my team's on vacation or has weddings or has, so there's always room, always room for volunteers. How, how much, when you, so what you said, 32? 36. 36. How many of them were found and didn't want to go with you? You know, that's interesting because we have yet to face that. Um, we have had a couple of kiddos who were resistant, but it's interesting what a in and out hamburger in a conversation will do with a teenager, you know, mm-hmm. and that's our thing. We take them nine times out of 10, they haven't eaten in a few days and they're hired in a kite because the individuals that they're with are keeping them drugged and or they're in the encampments and they're searching out the drugs. The, so these, did they, were they... Were they, was this the first time for the majority of them that they were exposed to drugs? The majority, yes. So the first time, and there are, that's insanity. They get them hooked on meth right away, and that's how they keep control over them. So Dave brought up, what, what's the name of the movie that's out? Sound of Freedom. I mean, I've, all I've heard is, you know, I talked about it on the show, I stopped watching news like two years ago. Best decision, I've, one of the best decisions I've ever made in my life, I'm being completely and totally serious. I stopped watching the news, and I love my life much, much more. And but occasionally something trickles into my world, even though I'm not watching the news. Uh, that would be me. And the <laughs> the uproar over this movie has trickled into my world, and it's unbelievable. We, you, you and I were talking before. How are there two sides to this? Yeah. How could there possibly be two sides to this there movie? There shouldn't be. But what do you know? What can you tell us about the movie? 
Um, did it's you go very, see it? It's very real. No, we um, we did buy twenty tickets because there was a goal to you know sell a certain amount of tickets by oh, the Fourth of July. That's right. So we did buy the twenty tickets. We have not had the opportunity to go watch it yet. You probably don't want to. I, I, I have reservations. Yeah. I do. Why? Why do you just, have reservations? Just because of my own experience, yeah. I'm, which is ironic because I do what I do, but. Um, well, I, I, we what, live it, you know. Is we it, live the, it. The concern mm-hmm. is that it'll be upsetting, or what's the what's the concern? Triggering, yeah. See, I yeah. don't even want to go see it, no, but yeah. not because you're you you don't like what he's doing. Oh no 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 no. You, you, just, okay. Yeah, just because I mean, you know, it it compassion fatigue is a real thing. You mm-hmm. know, right. what, what thing. is compassion fatigue? You know, when when we're doing this all the time, yeah. it, it does. It can wear you down. And we do have to take, like, each of us systematically have to take timeouts, you know, because it will, it gets to you. Well, that's like a police officer. Absolutely. Let's say works in sex trafficking, funny thing. Mm-hmm. After a while, they have to take a break. They have to get out of it. Yeah. Or they end up, and me personally, I don't even go to scary movies. Okay, because I, I don't need, I know enough about this, this field it's just if it had been any of my kids, yeah, I'd be in jail. Yeah, I'm serious, but yep. and I would be more than happy to go because whatever that person did, he would have the greatest time for six months before yeah. I would be arrested. So what do you, is this? What you do full time? No. Does anybody Thank work for the organization full time? Yeah. No. I mean, I, I say no, but it seems like it's full time because it does. It does take up a piece of, of our days, you know, a section 100% volunteer-driven. 100%. That's amazing. Now, yep. do you, I'm assuming there's the ability, you, some, you guys must collect some kind of funding. Do you have donors? or? So I, I you know, I tell everybody this is very personal for me. This is not, um, you know, we had to incorporate and all this stuff to get our nonprofit status. So I went through all that um, to get that nonprofit status so people who do donate to us can write it off or have that benefit. And it helps us to have relationships with people. But for <laughs> me personally, the only time we ever ask for money is if we are transporting a kiddo, we'll say, hey, we need miles, or can you help us buy yeah. these flights? And so we'll put out like a, a crowdfunding, if you will. And as soon as the need is met, we stop it. So we don't we don't take in thousands and thousands of dollars. We do it on an as-needed basis. We have um, rad bags that we also ask for donations. We ask for the items for those bags. And um, what a rad bag is, is when a, when a survivor is recovered, um, we take them straight to the hospital. So when they go to the hospital, if they have been assaulted, they leave that hospital without their clothes and their belongings. They leave in a hospital gown. So we learned this firsthand. So we created these rad bags that has everything that a survivor would need for to get them through three days. Mm-hmm. It has clothing, it has toiletries, it has um, journals, Bibles if they so choose. Um, just anything you can think of that somebody might need just to get by three days. Right. So, Have you been contacted by others who, who want to do what you do? As far as? Like uh, I live in Northern California and I want to set up the same type of thing up here that you guys do down there. So it's interesting. The one thing that I found in this arena, if you will, is um, we will work with anybody. We will help anybody. If another organization calls us and says, hey, you know, this kiddo might be down in your area. Can you help us out? Not a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, we have experience where we've reached out to other organizations to help, and we don't get that same reply. It's very ego-driven. I was going to say, what do you think? It's, it's very, probably. It, I, I, I think that that's common 
in, can, can you stay for another? Sure. Okay. I think that's common, though, in, in other organizations. I've had other Second Amendment organizations where it's purely ego-driven. They just, yeah. no, yeah, I want all the credit. I want all the resources. You know, yeah. you should just go away. And it's like, well, wait a minute. We don't have any room for that, and we don't allow it. There you go. All right. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. This is Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The Answer. Folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, where the show off air is better than off. Hey, have you ever wanted to get a pilot's license? Well, ha, here in San Diego, pilots can fly almost every day, which makes San Diego one of the best places to learn how to fly in the world. Learn to fly with San Diego Flight Training International. Check out this deal just for gun owners. One hour ground school, one hour flight, and you get to fly. It was normally $400, but you get it for $350. And getting started is super easy. Call 858-569-1822. Learn to fly with SDFTI. 858-569-1822. This show has got me so baffled, I forgot to do the intro. <laughs> well, Did you notice it? No. And you didn't correct me. I was... Uh, baffled as well. Yeah, well, I you know, I try to correct you only once or twice per show. Oh, and I think we've, <laughs> yeah, my shin, we've already been way my over My shins that. are killing me. <laughs> So we're talking with Shari from Rad. What's what's you know what's we've talked we've there's been a lot of uh, you know um, kind of the, the the bad parts of what you do and and uh, you know what's your favorite success story? Hmm. There's two that come to mind right away. One of them is um, a 15 year old that we pulled out of Camp Pendleton back in November of last year, and. Um, she is away right now in Utah receiving treatment and doing phenomenal. What do you mean pulled out of Camp Pendleton? <laughs> we pulled her out of a barrack. What? Mm-hmm. Back in November. So Everybody's some... up in arms about this. The, there's a 14-year-old from El Cajon that was just pulled out recently. Just mm-hmm. this last week. Did you hear about Another that? Another one? Yeah. This so is some, she's the third one. This is some 18, 19-year-old E-nothing in the Marine Corps who... I believe so. Um, you know, in that case... In that case, we literally went right on. Again, we found her through um, social media. And we found right where she was at um, because the individual that she was with, we found through her social media, and he ignorantly was posting, and we were tracking him and following him. So we figured out where she was and what barracks she was in, and me and one other team member went mm-hmm. up to – it's up off Barcelona, mm-hmm. And uh, so we went up there and – it was interesting how we got on base. I was going to say, how did you get on base? I pulled up. I gave him my card. I showed him the missing persons flyer, and he looked like he was 12. And so I said, we're looking for her. Can you please escort us back there? And he said, no, go ahead and go. Call 911 if you need help. And I looked over at the person in my passenger seat, and I said, is he joking? And he said, go. I said, okay. Wow. So what do you, was are, are these this Marine – was this a situation where a, an 18-, 19-year-old Marine – courted a 14 15 year old girl and they they, he was trying to get a girlfriend or are they trafficking this girl in the marine barracks so we're not clear on that because so what we did is we went back there we circled the building looking at so on all their doors they have most of them have a paper slipped in there with their name on it this particular door did not um we figured out where she was at based on two other marines that were walking around when we were asking where the individual was and he said he stays right up here and he showed us so we by the time the 
Gunny and the Sergeant. Yeah, Gunny. I want to make sure mm-hmm. I have all the terms right. But, Especially um, but, Marines. Yeah, the Gunny and the Sergeant got up there. We had already had her out of the room. And so we were leaving with her. Was there so, was that kid that was a guy there? He was not there, but there was four other Marines in there with her. And they had had the door barricaded. Yeah. So, um, so what's happening to these Marines? So in this particular case, um, our goal is just to get them and get them out. Right. And we let law enforcement deal with the rest. So in that particular case, in hindsight, I probably would have had my team member stick around or I stick around so we could have had a little bit more follow through. But we were just in such disbelief that, A, we got right on the base, and B, that we had found her and that she was with four Marines. And so we just wanted to get her out of there. And so we left right away. I did give my card to the sergeant. Mm -hmm. So this all started about 11 a.m. And... Again, we took we contacted the family, let them know that we had recovered her and to meet us at Radies Children's. So we said, we're going to stop and get her something to eat. She said she hasn't eaten in two days. So we went to In-N-Out on the way down to Radies. And she opened up a little bit, but not a whole lot. And so I didn't want to push because I was hoping that they would do the SART exam and get what they needed there. Um, so we got her to Radies and... I stayed with the family until just about 7.30 at night, and she had agreed. I explained to her the importance of a SART exam and what it was and um, all the things with regard to that. She had agreed to it, which let me know that she had been assaulted because she's, you know, typically they're not going to agree to a SART exam if they hadn't been assaulted. And so about 7.30-ish, she was, they were going to take her to go to the SART exam, and she denied it. And um, just shut down completely. So I went ahead and left because they were admitting her for the night in the psych unit. So I went ahead and left. By 8 o'clock, I was pulling in my driveway, and NCIS was calling. And they weren't interested in giving him any information, just obtaining information. So from the family, what I've learned from the family is, as far as they know, those four Marines have all been stationed elsewhere. Stationed elsewhere. Not court-martialed? Not kicked out of the military? That's all the grandfather knows, is that they have been stationed elsewhere. Wow. So why, why did this one stick out in your head? What, what, as far as a... Um, because I guess how she's doing now, you know, because she went through quite a bit. She was actually picked up at the Oceanside Pier, and that's another hot spot, sadly. What do you so, mean? Why, what do you mean it's a hot spot? That's where a lot of girls get picked up, as the Oceanside Pier. I don't understand. So they, the girls are just hanging out at the Oceanside Pier? Mm-hmm. And they, why, why are girls hanging out at the Oceanside Pier? They, Ask their parents. Is, is this just a, <laughs> yeah. is it a, is it a, the only it's thing I know about the it's Oceanside Pier is you go yeah. fishing there. Like what, they, they. No, it's a hangout. No, it's a hangout. It's a hangout Kids for as kids. young as 13 are yeah. hanging out there. We had a girl go missing that was 13 from there. Yeah. Ended up in so LA. 13, what? This 13 year old girl's hanging out at Oceanside Pier and some animal, um, uh, they prey on her. her. They prey on him. Yeah. And just like, yeah, that's insanity. I don't understand. And I don't in understand. In some cases, they on. make money. Mm-hmm. A lot of cases. Well, I think yeah. it's it the, the point yeah. that they're making yeah, money off these girls. There's, there's yeah. side effects that go with it, too. But mm-hmm. generally speaking, you know, because there's other people, the boss, mm-hmm. recruiting younger guys to do this. And somebody's driving an uh, M7 in a penthouse. So you're okay. So it sounds like you're very nuts and bolts. You know what I mean? Like, hey, look, there's a girl missing. Let's just go get her. Yep. Get her the help she needs. But what? What have have you like? What? What are some of the broader? Uh, some some of your broader thoughts? You know, like what? 
what's going on here? Like, why is this happening? What needs this to change? And mm-hmm. how, what's the solution? And have you gotten that far, or, or is it just I'm just going to stick to the nuts and bolts? No, I mean we we show up at a lot of different things, advocating for things, and you know, county meetings and meetings with law enforcement, trying to get things changed, and. Um, you know, unfortunately, it's at a higher level that mm-hmm. where it's coming down from. And, um, you know, there's many different factors. Um, I, again, I think getting your kids off social media, period, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter what app it is. You know, even if they're a good kid. My daughter was a straight-A student. She was at ASB. She was a cheerleader. She's got special needs. She wasn't on. She didn't have social media apps. This happened at school is where it originated from. So, I mean, there's it, it can happen to anybody, really. What's standing in your way? Like, what uh, is there anybody that's, you know what I mean? Is there a group or a person or a policy? Or is there anybody giving you a hard time or, or any, you know, resistance? Or are you guys pretty, pretty broadly supported? We're pretty broadly supported. You know, it's interesting. Child Welfare Services calls us as of late to help us find their missing kids. There is upwards of 80 missing foster youth right now. Um, I would say El Cajon Police is pretty supportive. The chief over there is amazing. Um, San Diego PD is hit and miss. We have built relationships with a lot of different officers by you know each case that we've worked on, and they're like, wait, who are you guys? What do you do? You guys just do this to do it? Wow, can I get your card, right? And then, of course, sheriffs, we work pretty closely with them because they have a specific division for missing juveniles. Mm-hmm. El Cajon, La Mesa, San Diego PD does not. Mm-hmm. So... Um, and then we have worked with some people in the Human Trafficking Task Force. Do you guys do you have PIs that, that you work with or work with you, or have you guys all just kind of turned into private investigators? <laughs> we all kind of turned into it, but um, we do have two that are licensed, um, and then we have people that are out of state that can do things that we can't legally do here. They can do it quickly for us with a phone call. What's an example of something you can't legally do here? Well, you can't. He can't tell you. I, that. Yeah. You don't want to go into it. <laughs> no, that's uh-uh. interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll tell you off air. There's a lot of th- well, I shouldn't be surprised. There's a lot of things you can't legally do in California yeah. that right. makes sense, mm-hmm. right? Well, yeah. it's not just California. No, it's this not just na- California. This is nationwide. Yeah, but you said the things that you can't legally do here, right? But in you California, you may not be able to do them in Nevada or Utah or Colorado. Yeah, because each state's got its own rules and regulations. They do, but there are some uh, ours are worse. There's some states in the Midwest that can do th- some things right. that mm-hmm. we can't do. So what what do you uh, how do you how can we how can people help people that are listening how can they help? Um, you know, when follow us and when we do have a need, help us meet that need. You know, I think I was telling you off air we don't we don't keep a huge fund. Right. We strictly ask for donations on an as needed basis. If we need a flight to get a re, you know a recovered kiddo to Texas or you know in some cases um, we had a gal that was a, it was a she was a domestic violence survivor in one of the encampments and we happened to come across that case while we we're working another case we got her a plane ticket and got her to nashville within an hour you know have you so, what, what what is an encampment why are there encampments in san diego all the homeless encampments yeah what like what do you but tell us specifically like i've seen homeless up and down the streets in yeah. downtown san diego and whatever yeah. well what's tell us what so people don't assume they know what an encampment is what's an encampment it's a homeless encampment where there's a bunch of tents and homeless people and well, like where? Where would you find this? Well, <laughs> all over San Diego. All where over, specifically? Yeah. Um, well, down by the Point Loma area. That's where we have found a ton of kids. In Point um, Loma, there's a homeless encampment. Down by where, Sports Arena. Is that Point Loma? Yeah, yeah Sports Arena. Yeah. Yeah. I know exactly yeah. where you're talking mm-hmm. about. Yep. That's yep. insane. 
Well, thank you for what you do. Thank you for having me. And please thank everybody that helps you. Thank you. Now you just ruined the rest of our show because we can't (laughs) get serious now. I mean, we all want to just do what we can to help. I guess we should go, huh? Yeah, that's it. Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Stand by. Welcome to Gun Owners Radio. We are your Second Amendment community. Interviews, product reviews, politics, trivia. Gun Owners Radio has it all and more. Check us out at gunownersradio.com and tune in every week to hear Dave Stahl, Michael Schwartz, and all our guests talk about everything Second Amendment. Here we go. Radio FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. Hey, Inland Empire gun owners strive to be the ounce of prevention in the fight for your gun rights. How do they do it? They do it by fundraising and getting local pro gun candidates elected. So you need to become a member today. Go to iegunowners.com slash join and join the growing number of responsible gun owners stepping up to defend our Second Amendment rights. That's iegunowners.com slash all right so subscribe and win winners prizes and events um if you subscribe to our email list um and you get a gun owners radio email um you could win you could win some really cool stuff so all you got to do is go to gunownersradio.com mm-hmm. and subscribe and you'll get an email uh oh, about i'm gonna say about once a week or so do we have a winner we have a winner and the uh uh the email will tell you what we're up to and uh Point in the direction of uh, stuff like uh, our uh, Magnum episodes and all kinds of cool stuff. So subscribe. And you could win. This week's winner. Patrick Cole. All right. Congratulations to Patrick. Email prizes at gunownersradio.com to claim your T-shirt or hat. Prizes, P-R-I-Z-E-S at gunownersradio.com. So that was uh, that was an amazing guest, wasn't it? I don't know how Rich does it, but he sure finds the good ones. He does. It was amazing. I mean, it, what's amazing about it is how somebody that's not looking for a paycheck mm-hmm. that will get in a car and do the things she does. Yeah, like she said. Yeah, and their whole crew. Her whole crew. Well, I, I, the whole thing's amazing. I can't believe it. What, what were your thoughts, Alicia? I know you were. So you're very engaged. Uh, she's going to join. <laughs> We're going to talk. You don't have enough um, on your plate. You know, I, as a mom, it really hits home. Yeah. I have two teenage girls, and I will tell you that being a woman, you know, a girl myself, that those teenage years that she's talking about, like she talked about, you know, 12, 13, those are really vulnerable, hard years where 
I'm not sure how it is for the boys, but as a girl, there's a transition that happens there and you kind of get so much self-doubt and you kind of, there's a struggle until you kind of develop and figure out your, your place and to have some, someone compliment and show interest. That's a really vulnerable time to where the, the girls are going to be really open to that and they're hungry and they're looking for someone to kind of love on them in that way, especially ones with backgrounds that, you know, that she talked about with, with troubled backgrounds, whether it's um, just, you know, home life or, or past abuse, you know, it's just a really vulnerable time. And, well, even the and ones that didn't have a bad home life. Right. There was one of them, you know, the right. mom and dad were great. And Absolutely. It's just, it's a tough time for so many kids, but if they have that added layer of, of trauma, it just makes them so much more vulnerable. And the, the addition of social media, having access to these kids in ways that we, you know, growing up, I didn't have that. You know, it was just whatever local trouble I could get into. People couldn't find me otherwise. So it just adds another layer of complexity and access that didn't exist before. Well, as a girl, you're more vulnerable vulnerable to having a guy say, my God, you are absolutely right. gorgeous. You have the most beautiful hair, yada, 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 right. yada. And you just melt. Right. You know, because girls, as I think at that age group, mm-hmm. are starving for affection, right. starving for you know, that, that, that relationship mm-hmm. that they don't necessarily have. Right. Do, do you think there's a little bit, you were, we were just saying how, um, you know, they, you know, bad background, good background, whatever mm-hmm. it's, it almost seems like, um, and I don't know this, but it, it there was a little hint of this for, in some of her stories mm-hmm. where it was almost the, the better, the background, the more likely they were to be a victim. And maybe that has to do with, you know, being naive and just not you know, like, Hey, I grew up in this kind of suburban mm-hmm. environment, you know, nothing, nothing. Those kind of things don't happen to good kids. Yeah. You know, yeah, absolutely. And I agree. Well, didn't it, you it's almost to... like if they had a bag, a bad mm-hmm. background, they were tougher and wouldn't have believed. The, it's possible. You know. it's Did possible. you ever want to be part of the group? Did you ever want to be accepted by your peers when you were 11, 12 years old? Oh, who doesn't, right? Well, mm-hmm. See, that's my point. That's it. yeah. And it's easy to prey on a girl than a guy. Mm-hmm. I mean, man, that, yeah. that was a real tough hour. That was. Well, that was uh, extremely interesting. I'm, I'm glad she's doing what she's doing. I'm glad she's doing what she's doing. <laughs> I wish she didn't have to do it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, wish, I wish there was no business well, for her. And you're talking about you didn't see the movie. I've not seen the movie. I'm not going to see the movie. But the remarks on both sides of the aisle about this movie, you know, the mm-hmm. positive side, and then this stream, how how could you do that? It's the worst movie you could ever do. It's, you know, none of it's true. Yeah, I don't understand the pushback. Well, I don't understand they the pushback. Want, they want to live in their bubble. They want to live in their happy bubble. No, you know. I think they're aliens. I'll go for you, Dave. Yeah, you can go, go. for me. I'm not going. I haven't been to. I haven't seen a movie. Oh, take so him to the movies, would All you? Right, we'll go. <laughs> get some Asian food. <laughs> you know, get it to go. Go down. You'll have fun. So, uh, real quick, let's touch on the fact that the Sig Sauer P320 M18 was added to the California gun roster. What is that? As we know, the uh, safe handgun roster is, uh, by design, uh, (laughs) trying to basically ban handguns. I thought they were keeping us safe. Yeah. And uh, in order to get on the, the roster, you have to have the... Um, the reason it was it turned into a ban at first it was just oh we're just going to keep you safe right we're going to do we're going to evaluate each pistol we're gonna well, make don't sure you have to remove safe. three blah, 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 to put blah. one on well so before that though what they it, the idea was hey you know we just want to uh, test it and put it on. but then they did this micro stamp and the micro stamp doesn't exist and that's why it actually turned into a uh, a ban but uh, what's happened is is the three twenty 
is the first. Now, there have been a couple of pistols that have gotten on there, you know, like revolvers or whatever, that sort of thing. But this is the first, like, you know, semi-automatic mainstream, you know, pistol that's gotten on there in a long time. Um, and uh, it's because of the, the, the cases, especially the Boland case up in, uh, you mm-hmm. know, the CRPA is working on. Um, I think what basically what's happened is uh, the, there are all these cases. There was the Miller case, the assault weapons case. There was the Rena and the Boland case that were have to do with the the roster. There were a bunch of lawsuits that were kind of in limbo. You know, the Miller case we had a positive ruling. There were some other ones you know didn't have a positive ruling, and you know, but there there was no there was nothing finalized. We were kind of in limbo, and mm-hmm. we weren't quite sure what the next step was. And then the Bruin case came out of the Supreme Court. That changed everything. Totally changed. Said, "Hey, look, history, text, tradition. If there's no history of it, if there's, if it's not written in the text, then there isn't a tradition. Then this law is unconstitutional. Mm-hmm. And so, a lot of these cases had to be revisited. And I think what's happening is they're they're basically they're they're seeing the writing on the wall. And that's one of the reasons the uh, uh, the P three twenty, which is also the M eighteen, was added to the to the roster. And why you can why you can now." purchase it in California, which is pretty amazing. Mm. But the you were asked about the, you know, you have to pull. I don't know how they're working that. And there's actually been a lot of questions on the internet as to, wait a minute, how are they working that? What's what's Who's deciding what guns get pulled off? But the idea was, and I, I think it's it's it was a little misleading, the idea was um, they tried to make, because you couldn't comply with the with micro the stamp. micro stamp, mm-hmm. right? So they said, okay, we're going to make it easier to comply with the micro stamp, you know. And in all honesty, there were a couple of Democrats who said, look, this is ridiculous that we have this law that people can't even comply with. They're true believers. They said, hey, we want this micro stamp thing to happen, you know. It's we're blocking progress, so we're going to make it easier for for the micro stamp to happen, uh, but then we're going to require that if you get a gun on there that has the compliant micro stamp, that other guns have to come off. That was the idea. Mm. That was the actual idea. Like I said, there were true believers. Well, how do you make it easier when the um, technology is not there? Well, the reality is you can't. And they were fed a bill of goods that, that you know, if you, if, if, if you give you, us if, enough money, we'll come up with it. If, it. if it goes, you know, if it's really impossible, making it less impossible is still impossible. But um, I do believe that I completely and totally disagree with their worldview, but they were true believers. They truly believed right. oh, that, yeah. oh, this is a good thing, and it'll help save lives, and we're going to try to fix it. They didn't. They didn't. All right, let's take a quick break. You're listening to Gun Owners Radio FM, 961 AM 1170. The Answer. All right, folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Inland Empire. Oh, no. Yeah, wrong one. Change the page. Change the page. Well, I normally do it right quickly. Is there hey, a is there a better tool? Hey, quiet. Is there a better tour, tool, tool. <laughs> tool that empowers a woman to defend against an attacker that's 100 pounds bigger? Nope. That's why it's so important for women to learn how to defend themselves with the most effective self-defense tool ever invented. For women led by women, the Not Me program is designed to help with training programs, a a gun, and getting a concealed carry permit. And guess what? It's free. To sign up, go to notmesd.org. 
So uh, La Mesa is uh, poised to uh, pass some some gun regulations. Of mm-hmm. everyone's heard, we talked about it. Yep. Um, and uh, I wanted to give uh, a whole lot of background and context here. So Heller versus DC was the 2008 Supreme Court decision that uh, was the first big Second Amendment decision. Um, probably at the time, the biggest Second Amendment decision the Supreme Court had put out. Not probably, for sure, it was. It was huge. Um, since then, the Bruin decision has uh, changed things a little bit, um, significantly, more than a little bit, in the, for the better. So it's gotten even better when it comes to the Second Amendment. But what the whole case was based on was uh, your inability to keep a gun in your home in Washington, D.C. So if you lived in Washington, D.C., your gun had to be locked up at all times or inoperable or in a safe um, at all times, and it was decided that, that is not constitutional. So a lot of these uh, gun storage laws got blown off the books, but then they reappeared, especially here in California, on the municipal level, on the county level. And uh, they're slightly different. Everybody says, well, wait a minute. Why, why? How can they have a gun storage law? When Heller versus DC already settled all that, you know, you hear that a lot. Well, why why can they do that? They're, they're just going to take it to court, and that'll be that. We don't even have to fight that. They're just take it to court, and they'll hold up the Heller versus DC decision, and the judge will rule in our favor, and we'll all walk away, and that's that. Well, it's not not exactly the way that they restructured this is that you still have to have your guns inoperable, or locked up, or in a safe, or whatever, um, unless you're actually touching the gun. Unless you're actually touching the gun. So that's why, to them, it is a significant difference between what was going on in Washington, D.C. and what these new laws are. Um, I don't agree. A lot of people on the Second Amendment community don't agree that that is a significant enough uh, um, uh, difference. So we don't. We still don't think it's constitutional. But in the meantime, the county of San Diego has passed this. The city of San Diego has passed this. Uh, Del Mar has passed this, Solana Beach, some of the usual anti-Second Amendment suspects have passed this, so that uh, you have to keep your firearm locked up or inoperable inside your home unless you're actually physically touching it. Now, the, the regulation actually says, you know, in your control, but they don't actually really define, like, well, what does that mean, in your control? So the most literal um, definition is, of course, if you're you're physically touching it. Um hasn't been a lawsuit, hasn't been litigated yet. Um, you know, it's there's so many other things to litigate that uh, it's certainly on the list of things that, that the Second Amendment groups want to get rid of. But right now, uh, there are just other other priorities. You know, if, if money were and time were endless, then uh, we'd be working on this in the courtrooms right now. But instead, we're fighting it from spreading, um, you know, to different to other municipalities. So what happened was La Mesa tried to pass this identical thing um, last year. It was identical to what San Diego and Del Mar and Solana Beach and some of the other uh, municipalities in, in California had passed, and it was shot down. Uh, Laura Lothian led the charge. We helped get her elected. We're very, very happy. Bill Baber um, voted ag- against it. B- Bill was somebody we also endorsed. And then um, the swing vote was uh, was uh, the mayor, Dr. A. Um, he basically uh, said that, hey, this this whole issue isn't what La Mesa is about. We're supposed to be improving the community. This is a uh, you know clearly a political um, you know attempt to spread politics that are should be national or statewide, and they're they're trying to 
pollute La Mesa with with this for him for stepping out of it and not getting caught up in the you know he kind of stepped out and saw it for what it was I agree I think that's you know I don't really care why people behave I just care Mm -hmm. that they behave Mm -hmm. (laughs) and he uh and he I I thought it was great too that he you know he he he's not a gun expert um, he, he doesn't seem to have a, a real strong opinion either way on guns, mm-hmm. but didn't take I, the bait and get sucked in. Exactly. I, I, I would guess that he's probably, um, you know, he's probably not a second amendment advocate. I, I would guess, I don't really mm-hmm. know. Uh, but uh, anyway, I'm, I'm glad he did that too. I'm glad you brought that up and said that because I agree with you wholeheartedly 100%. So things have changed since last year. Um, they, Bill Baber, unfortunately, is no longer on the city council and uh, was replaced by somebody who's uh, shown to be uh, not a fan of, of the Second Amendment. So they brought it back. And this guy, his name's Councilman Shu, Jack Shu. Mm-hmm. Um, he brought it back and uh, basically said, just let what everybody else, you know, hey, this is going to be just like San Diego. It's going to be just like Solana Beach. It's going to be just like, uh, you know, Del Mar. So we all showed up. We all he said, hey, we got to show up, you know, especially if you live in the Mesa, you need to show up and and uh, talk. So I think we had last Tuesday, I think we had uh, somewhere around 70 uh, folks on our side. And there were maybe half a dozen that, that supported this. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was uh, it was a really, really good showing um, with with very, very few exceptions. The statements made by uh, the folks who opposed it were well thought out. Um, were extremely level-headed. Um, you know, Alicia, you said you watched it, right? I did. I watched. I was not able to make it myself, but I did watch the live stream. And I, a question that I had, you actually kind of already answered. But but the, the what my observations as someone looking at it from the outside that wasn't able to be there in person, mm-hmm. the amount of support and applause that was audible mm-hmm. for those who opposed the measure was fantastic. And when a speaker, there were just, you know, as you said, there were a few that got up in support of it. I, I, I think I could tell one person was clapping. I was curious, what was kind of, what was the split on support for the, versus against? Because it, it sounded like it was a lone person clapping. Yeah, it was uh, widely um, in favor of, uh, of, of our, of, of us. Mm-hmm. We, we, we definitely outnumbered them. Like I said, it was probably a good 70 folks that showed up to try to defeat this measure, mm-hmm. and I, I, I think there were maybe six, maybe eight, um, that opposed uh, now, or that with supported the, it. With I'm their sorry. opposition, did any were any of their arguments, you know, at least intelligible? So it's a good question. So they were emotional. The um, it was all very emotional. Yeah, yeah, it was, a lot of, it was a lot of emotion. Yep. Um, but uh, that's the, and that's where I'm going with with uh, with this too. Is that there? There were a lot of people that said, "Hey, we need to do this to support, um, uh, you know, uh, suicide to make sure that people can't commit suicide." Um, there were a lot of people who said, uh, "You know, this will help, um, uh, you know, with criminal activity and that sort of thing." And there was a lot of back and forth on, you know, gee, we need this because, you know, there were actually some personal stories of people who knew a loved one or had a friend or whatever mm-hmm. who committed suicide. Mm-hmm. And then there were people saying, look, you, you can't defend yourself if the firearm is in a safe. You cannot, you know, get it off, get the lock off quick enough if somebody's standing in your house, that sort of thing. And one of the, it was one of the points I made was, you know, a lot of the folks who talk about gun storage laws 
you know, securing a firearm as being suicide prevention, say, hey, look, it, it, it delays them just enough because a lot of suicide, people that survive suicide say that it's, you know, a split uh, split moment uh, decision, you know, and it, it, a lot could, could delay them just enough to rethink suicide. Well, those same people mm-hmm. are saying, look, it's not going to prevent you from defending yourself because they have these biometric safes and, and locks that are so easy to, to get into that it will never – you can get into it in just half a second. And I pointed out the fact that both those things can't be true. It can't be true that a lock or a safe or whatever delays you long enough to prevent but suicide. But yet you can get in real quick. But doesn't delay you long enough to – uh, be able to defend yourself. Anybody comment against that? No. Well, there's no there's no back and forth. <laughs> oh. By the way, everybody listening, when you go to these city council meetings, don't ask them questions. <laughs> they can't answer the questions. Oh. When you're when you're in the you know doing the the public uh, 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 you know statements, um, and you ask them a question and they sit there and look at you blankly, it's because they can't. They are not allowed to answer the questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so it just, it, it makes you look, well, you know, it, it's a little, it, it usually goes better if you look like you know what you're doing. So, um, so that was kind of the whole push though, was, Hey, we need this to prevent suicide. Um, and then the other side was, Hey, we need this. We, we need to strike this down so that, uh, we can defend ourselves. Right. And, you know, if you look at the, uh, uh, you know the county report: seventy percent of of uh, gun deaths. You know deaths where mm-hmm. a guns involved. Seventy percent are suicide. Thirty percent are homicide. So it was kind of split down the middle as far as uh, you know. Um, uh, you know their side was was trying to prevent suicide. Our our side was trying to prevent homicide. Yet they presented this bill as as a measure to protect children, and then the uh, they were turning it into suicide prevention. So and then there was a, a couple people mentioned kids. There was mm-hmm. even a trained psychiatrist or some yes. kind of counselor or therapist mm-hmm. who said, "Oh, we got to protect the children, or whatever." Right. So I actually read the penal code. That was my, the first part of my statement. Was mm-hmm. I read the penal code that in the state of California you cannot store a firearm in such a way that a child or a prohibited person has access to it. So. Mm-hmm. Making a law that that makes so you have to you know on the municipal level so you have to store your firearm so that a child can't have access to it. it, it, it you know what I mean? It's already yeah, law. you need to write it down again. Right? There's there is there was nothing about this gun storage law that would uh, do anything to further protect children. Mm-hmm. It was completely mm-hmm. uh, duplicative, and I and I brought that that up as well. A number of people did, but I actually read the California Penal Code so that it was. You know, one clear. of the yeah, so it's clear. One of the anti-gunners said, "Oh well, gee, sure, it's on the state level, but it's ambiguous and it's vague." Whenever, no, it's not. It's crystal friggin' clear, mm-hmm. yeah. and there was nothing they were going to do. So um, we, uh, so we, you know, again, um, one of our one of our members, a guy named Jeff, actually brought in uh, a safe and a lock. That and, was fantastic. And, yeah, and demonstrated mm-hmm. like, hey, look, this is how long it takes. Mm-hmm. This is what you actually have to do. I thought that was fantastic. Um, there were a number of people who uh, used their expertise and said, you know, but the the best thing was that by and large, the vast majority were reasonable, um, you know, put on a great face. I think that people on the council and people in the audience that aren't used to uh, dealing with the Second Amendment community were probably very impressed. In fact, I got some compliments about that. But it was pretty interesting what ended up happening. I want to talk about in the next segment exactly what happened. Because nobody's getting it right. The Union Tribune wrote a story. They right. didn't get it right. 
Um, and another couple other sources didn't Were get they it there. Right. My jaw was on the floor. There was, um, it wasn't there. One guy was listening. One of the one of the authors uh, was not there, but he was watching it live and actually contacted me after. He's a known anti-gun mm-hmm. guy. He he's blasted. He's he's so biased. It's not even. I mean, it's, he doesn't even hide it. <laughs> you know. But he didn't get it right, um, even though he should have, because I explained it to him. Um, we'll talk about what they didn't get right next. All right, this is Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. All right, folks. Hey, welcome back. This is Gun Owners Radio. FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Hey, if you've liked this show so far, you need to join San Diego County Gun Owners. Ten bucks, come on. Then you need to go to Gun Prom. you got to buy Alicia dinner. <laughs> hey, FM 96.1, AM 1170. The answer. Hey, a lot of companies waste an enormous amount of money on marketing. The design is excellent, the photos are beautiful, and the website looks great but it's just not getting customers. Why? Because you don't have the words that make people buy. But now you can fix that with SageTree. SageTree can help you find the words that make it easy for your customers to understand what you do and how to buy from you. Stop wasting money today and schedule a call. Getting started is super easy. Just visit SageTree.com and click on the Schedule an Appointment button at SageTree.com and hit that Schedule a Call button. All right, so we're talking about La Mesa and what happened last Tuesday night. It was going on about uh, the way the uh, um, arguments and, and testimony uh, uh, fell, and and uh, so then what happened? So then they said, all right, great. Everybody has done their public comment, um, so let's turn it over to Jack Shu. Jack, what do you have to say? Because Jack Shu, the uh, mm-hmm. council member, is the one that actually proposed it. Mm-hmm. And he started off – it was <laughs> it was weird. He said, like, hey, look, um, he said uh, – N- nothing that anybody here has said has convinced me that this is a bad regulation. Mm-hmm. He said, and by the way, um, uh, there's no, uh, there's actually no requirement to have your gun locked up as long as you're home. It's only if you're not at home. That's what I meant. Yeah. <laughs> and, and But then he went on to say, and, you know, I got to tell you guys, we all, you know, heard some, some moving, some moving statements about, um, you know, how we have to pass this because of, uh, you know, suicide prevention. Okay, well, the way he changed the, the, the reg, you know, that you, you only have to have it locked up when you're not at home, it's no longer suicide prevention. Because in 100, 100% of the cases, the people are home. They're, he's home. <laughs> the guy who committed suicide is at home. There was no requirement for the gun to be locked up. So it immediately uh, – Did anybody you, bring that up? Well, so Laura Lothian was next to comment, and she goes, wait, wait, wait. Oh, and then – but before I even go there, before, then he said, all right, so let's go ahead and vote on this thing and let's get it passed. And the mayor's like, well, no. It, you know, the rest of the city council gets to comment, number one. And number two, we're not voting to pass this regulation. We're voting to draft it. We don't even have the wording yet. He's like, well, it's, you know, it's just like – you know, it's the same thing as last year. So he he – Totally contradicted himself. He, you know, he said on one breath, like, oh, no, 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 we're, uh, if, if you're not home, that's when it needs to be locked up. And then he said, oh, no, 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 it's, it's the exact same thing as last year. It, it's completely not. It, it was seriously, it was, 
you know, sometimes when you're on a, a board, you know, some of these city council members kind of get lost in the in the process, and it's like, well, where are we now? Do we need a second, or do we vote, right, or where are right, we? Right, right. That's fine. That's excusable. That's why you have a uh, a parlamentarian. You know, but the so content changes. But he didn't know. Yeah, he was completely lost. He didn't know what he was proposing. Mm-hmm. He didn't know. You know, he just wanted to pass it. He but didn't do, even know what he would. Do you think pass. he really didn't know, or do you think he was backpedaling when he didn't have the support? Because I got the feeling like he heard the overwhelming lack of support, and then it kind of was like, well, this is what I really meant by it. Yeah, well, you're probably right. You're probably right. When you have you know, 60, 70, whatever, people mm-hmm. standing there telling you how wrong you are, and he kind of figured that out. So then Laura Lothian said, wait, wait, wait. She was fantastic. She's, she is fantastic. She's 100% fantastic. Um, I'm so glad we had, that we got her elected. Um, she is just absolutely the best. So what did she say? She said, there's nothing in here that says, you know, that it's only when you're not home. There's nothing in here that, that you know in this description that you you know mm-hmm. that says you don't have to be home. That's the only time it's locked up. And then she went on to point out some of the other weaknesses you know in 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 the law, like for example, or in the regulation, the proposed regulation. The one example she gave that was really really great was let's say you do use a firearm in self defense, mm-hmm. and then you know the investigation shows that it wasn't stored properly. Well, now you've gone from victim to criminal. You know. Well, wait a minute. This person didn't have it stored properly, you know. Mm-hmm. Now we're going to press charge on. Her. I thought that was an excellent point. She did an excellent job. Um, then uh, Shoes, uh, uh, the the co-author, the the co-sponsor of the regulation. I don't remember her name. She's brand new on the city council. Give me a minute. Um, but she was like, well, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> she said, look, uh, I want to make sure that this thing is only when you're not home. You know, whatever we got to do, we got to make an amendment. Whatever we got to do. Um, so then Shu started talking about how, all right, well, let's pass this thing, um, you know, and, uh, you know, and let's, and let's we'll change a, it later. Let's do a resolution. And the city attorney was like, there's no resolution. Like you just direct, all you're doing is directing staff to, to actually draft this thing. You don't, you're not passing a regulation. You're not passing a resolution. Well, moron. Uh, it was really scary. I mean, this is complicated <clears throat> public safety stuff, and he had—he he seemed to have no idea what he was talking about. Um, I really, truly, like, you know, I really try to refrain. I think a lot of people who have talked to me or listened to the radio, I'm pretty good about respecting people I disagree with, mm-hmm. you know? Maybe, you know, except my mic drops, but as, point. as far as going, you know, I, I don't, I'm not saying that Shu was an idiot because I disagree with him. I'm saying that his behavior on the city, idiot. it was really scary. Like he didn't seem to know what he was doing at all. You know, people say, well, like, how could these things be happening? How can the government allow these things to happen? Well, that's how it happens. That's people it happens. get in there that don't know the proper way to do things right. and no one calls them out on it. Truly. Uh, Patricia Dillard, by the way. Is Patricia here. Dillard. So she was the one mm-hmm. that said, I want to make sure whatever we got to do, I want to make sure that people aren't, it's when it's only when people aren't home. So um, what they they went ahead and voted so that now that throws everything off right mm-hmm. everybody's testimony was all about you know uh, you being home right I mean the people that supported it the people that opposed it everybody was you know so everything their, was for naught everything was for naught but and then you know so it passed they're they're going to draft this thing and then they're going to vote on it so it hasn't actually passed yet they just agreed to get staff to author it and that's where we're at. But, uh, you know, it's still, even though, so I think we took a lot of teeth out of it, you know, like Alicia said, by showing up, putting pressure, we yeah, took a lot of teeth Didn't you say this has already passed in other cities in the county? Well, not this, 
but it, but the one where you have to have it locked up all the time. Yeah, that's that, the one that's I'm talking passed. About. Yeah, mm-hmm. but this is this is the only one I know of where you have to have it locked up when when only when no one's home. Right. Well, but that's, that's that's the verbal. That's that's not in writing. That's not we'll in writing. See what yet. they come up with when it's actually in writing. And are you going to get to ghost? I mean, are they? Oh yeah, we'll let everybody know. You got to show up. But the other thing we got to show up for is so that and I thank you to everybody who showed up and made a difference. I know you know. We have so many members, and uh, you know, people have things going on in their life. They can't show up. I totally understand. But those of you who showed up, who took uh, two, three hours, you know, who made the statement, um, uh, thank you so much. You guys made a difference. Is it perfect? No, it's not perfect. Are we going to continue to fight against it? Absolutely. Did they ask where you lived? Uh, no, they didn't. Mm-mm. They didn't ask where you lived. By the way, um, doesn't matter. I know you don't have to tell them. You don't have to tell them. Um, if you're at a city council meeting, they say, you know, okay, well, where do you live? You say, well, I, I'm respectfully hey, going to decline. <laughs> I respectfully decline to tell you. Oh no, no, you have to tell us where you live. No, I don't. No, where you live. Brown Axe says you don't have to have to tell them. Be at your house Thursday. <laughs> so, uh, but this Tuesday, we've talked in the last couple shows about the county board and their proposal, and, or, or I'm sorry, their report. Um, the staff, you know, this is the listening sessions, right? All the statistics that they pulled up, the seventy percent, the thirty percent. By the way, this, I've talked about how this report is backfiring on the anti-gunners. Mm-hmm. One of the things I pointed out was in that report, they showed that over ninety-two percent of gun owners in San Diego, over ninety-two percent, keep their guns locked up at all times. Now that so I mean you know like what problem are we trying to solve? Did you bring people? that up? Oh, I did. I absolutely brought that up. And what did they say? Well, they can't say anything. They just right. got to sit there and listen. That was a question. But uh, the uh, Tuesday staff is going to present the uh, the results of this. Um, it could it lead to something? Yeah, it could lead to something. It could lead to you know one of the recommendations that they make. It could lead to some kind of anti gun you know um, malarkey that they're trying to pass. So uh, San Diego County Gunner is going to be there and bring, make a statement. Um, everyone who possibly can, 9 a.m. on Tuesday uh, at the county uh, county building, the county admin building, um, be there and uh, let them know that you don't want any more gun laws. You don't want any more gun regulations. You know, this is a— You have plenty. Have plenty. This is cl- truly a mental health issue as proven by their research or a criminal issue as proven by their research. So stop the criminals, help the people who are going through a mental health crisis. You know, leave gun owners alone. Leave us alone. We're pillars of society. Right. Um, so be there if you could. Nine a.m. Tuesday. I believe you can also zoom in. Go to the go to the uh, county website and uh, and uh, double check on that. Uh, but uh, San Diego County Gun Owners is going to be there. We're going to give a statement and uh, uh, wanted to let everybody know um, to please, please, please show up. La Mesa, we made a difference inarguably made a difference, like Alicia pointed out. So help us make a difference on the county level. Are you expecting to make comments Tuesday morning at 9 yeah. o'clock? Yeah, Tuesday, you know, they'll say, you know, agenda item, whatever. You know, we're going to talk about this report, and then they'll take uh, they'll take comments from the public, and that's when you get your two, maybe three minutes to say whatever you want about that agenda item. Okay. And that's when you tell them, hey, you know, no more, no more gun regulations. Mm-hmm. You know, no more additional gun regulations. This is ridiculous. So, so that's what. So, what do you think, Dave? Oh, I'm. Just, I'm. I wish I could have been there. You're, you're pickled tank. Well, you know, if we don't do this, just like 
Thank God the board, at least, was smart enough to realize that shoe was lost. <laughs> I mean, really. <clears throat> he was on the other foot. He was on the other foot. <laughs> Well, so there's a lot of things that the San Diego County gun owners <laughs> does, right? And it's not all about lawsuits, and it's not all always all about you know our our foundation. What we do is we try to get the right people elected. We find the resources, to get the right people. Well, elected. you messed up La Mesa. No, we got Laura Lothian elected in La Mesa, um, but uh, um, and of course elections have consequences. But uh, you know, there's so much more that we do when we show up and do this level of activism. You know. People want to know, like, what can I do to help? We give them ways to help. Show up here, make this statement. Mm. You know, uh, help people. Uh, and for all you people out there that keep texting me and saying, how come you're not doing this and how come you're not doing that? Get off your butt and come to some of these things and speak up. Because we can't change it without you folks chipping in. We can't do it all by ourselves. That's right. So quit sending me texts. So we'll see you Tuesday. Who's sending you texts and saying, why don't you do it? Is it, is it Alicia? <laughs> It's yeah, just a leash. It is. That's my favorite. <laughs> but you know how it is. We got to take a break. Always trouble with that one. I know. Gun Owners Radio. FM 961 AM Folks, welcome back to Gun Owners Radio, FM 961 AM 1170. The answer. <laughs> Schwartz can't do it. It's like a bad He's date. standing right there. He's leaving us I know. for another date. Gun prom tickets are on sale. Just join San Diego County Gun Owners. You'll have the time of your life. Second Amendment community at the Town & Country in Mission Valley. Get your fancy suit and dresses ready and join other like-minded people that believe in the right to self-defense. Second Amendment dinner is coming up on September 16th. Get your tickets now and reserve your spot for a night with great people, great food, drinks, and all for a great cause. Go to gunprom.com to get your tickets, buy a table, and bring your friends and family. That's gunprom.com and buy your tickets today. Well, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, this is your favorite segment, uh, Sam the Gunman which is Michael's nephew. He doesn't talk to him, so he never knows anything about any of the questions. And Sammy here. Yeah, how are you guys? Good, man. How are you? Not bad. How's the weather back there? Um, hot and muggy. Yeah, we're not doing too bad. We're in, we're in the 80s. No, no smog. I mean, no, no humidity, so we're doing good. So we'll go ahead and get right to this. I haven't even read the question either, so we'll give it to Alicia. All right. Hey, Sam, how are you doing? Good. How are you? Fantastic. We have a question from pretty far away today. Are you ready? Sure. Let's have it. All right. So we have a question. It's from Ben from El Paso, and he wants to know, what is the difference of and, and the benefits between open versus enclosed red dot optics? Ben from El Paso, thanks very much for writing in. What are the benefits uh, between, or what are the differences between open and closed uh, red dot optics? This is... Well, it's difference, this, difference I, and benefits. Difference and benefits. Part of this, I guess you could say, is, uh, comes down to personal preference, but what he's talking about 
are if you look at um, generally we're talking about pistol red dot sites here, uh, though there are some open emitter um, reflex sites for long guns. Um, if you think of like the RMR style, uh, the, the RMR and, and all the um, all the similar optics that came after that, you have an objective lens up front, which is you need that to get your reticle. And you have an emitter in the back uh, with an LED projecting that reticle, usually a dot onto the lens. And because of the way the optics are aligned, um, it appears to be sort of this virtual dot at infinite distance to the human eye. Um, now, more recently, um, there have been a few offerings like the Aimpoint Acro and uh, a few from Holosun that fully enclose uh, all the electronics and all the optics. So you have, much like on a rifle red dot site, you have a rear lens, which is doing nothing. It's just a flat piece of glass. Uh, the advantage there being that it keeps out stuff like dust and moisture um, so that you have a little bit more resilient and rugged of an optic and you can't get stuff on the back of the lens because it's fully sealed. Um, so the, the advantage there is that they're better in uh, sort of adverse conditions where you might get sand, dust, pocket lint, I guess, uh, or, or moisture on the emitter and thus distort the dot. Fantastic. Excellente. All right. So just a little bit uh, more information. You're, you're absolutely correct, of course. How, so just a little bit more that we have. Uh, this is the answer provided to us, by the way, that the main benefits of an open emitter is the lack of a hood and a second piece of glass, which cuts weight on a pistol's reciprocal, reciprocal slide. It also opens up your peripheral vision. Uh, the benefit of a closed emitter is that red dot optics work via an emitter, casting a red dot onto the lens in front of it. It's very simple, and all you really need is a single lens. However, without a hood and that second lens, anything that gets between the emitter and the lens can cause the optic to fail and eliminate uh, your reticle from appearing on the lens. So whether it be rain, dust, or snow. So absolutely correct, of course. Very good. Do you like running a dot or do you prefer uh, old iron sights? Um, I'm pretty old fashioned. I don't have optics on any of my handguns, but um, I am strongly considering uh, buying another pistol that is optics ready. That I, I have one in mind. That's, that's well, yeah, kind of where I am yeah, too. What do you have in mind? Um, I've been looking at the CZ P10C. Uh, I don't know if you guys can get those out in no. California. I don't think they're on no. the roster. Uh, no, but, of course not. Uh, they're <laughs> very popular out this way, and uh, you can get them for an excellent price these days. So I've been looking at one of those. Probably the closest we can get here is going to be the PO1. PO1's great. It is. It's, it's a, a great gun. Fantastic pistol. Mm -hmm. Yeah, see, I'm kind of in the same boat that you are. I'm, I'm interested. I've tried some dots. Uh, it's just I... You know, it's like an old dog, new tricks. I've worked with iron sights for so long. I'm having a hard time adjusting. It's, it's a different mindset, yeah. a different technique. I, I I have only shot with one once, and I didn't do very well because there's a little bit of a learning curve there to is. it. But I, I will say I am I am dot curious. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. Dot curious. Yeah. Well, you know, and you just, you know, the thing of it is, it's like anything. you got to do it more than once to get comfortable with it. But the last thing you want to do is, is fork out the money and then find out later you don't like it. 
Well, and, and when you get into the dot world, there's so many options. There's right. there's so many different variations. If you fall, you fork out the money. Colors? Oh, yeah, the red and green. You know, some people's eyes uh, pick up one color over right. another a little bit a little bit better. Um, but yeah, you don't want to put the money into it until you know what exactly right. you want. And it's hard to know what you want until you have an opportunity to shoot it and you get into it. So fantastic. So what's your uh, current blog about? Uh, my most recent blog post is. Um, sort of more of a news post than an opinion piece, though it combines both. And it tells and comments a little bit on a very hair-raising story in uh, Second Amendment news, actually fairly local to me. Uh, It's a story that comes out of Virginia about a U.S. Navy sailor who was convicted on uh, charges of having unregistered machine guns and destructive devices. Now, the reason this is an issue is because he never actually possessed any machine guns or destructive devices. So he was basically convicted of uh, and and recently sentenced to 20 years in federal prison for possessing illicit items he never possessed and which the prosecution admits he did not possess. So if you want a little bit more information on that uh, and, and kind of why this is a big deal, then you can go on the SDCGO blog and uh, take a look at what I have to say. I'm super curious now. Yeah, now you got me curious, and i got to try. Trying to figure out how that can work. Well, in our judicial system, <laughs> nothing surprises us anymore, let me well, tell you. Well, I, I will tell you this. Um, even after reading it and getting all the details, it still doesn't make much sense. It's, it's a really wild story. 20 years of this guy's life has now been wasted. Yeah, and he's a he's a pretty young guy. He's I think twenty eight or twenty nine years old. So he'll be uh, well into middle age by the time he gets out, unless this is successfully appealed. Gosh, we can only hope. Well, that that's 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 a blog everybody needs to read. That no doubt mm. about it. Absolutely. All right, Sam. Well, that was awesome as usual. Thank you very much. And uh, well, thanks very much for having me on as always. Oh, we love Thank it. You. We we get more educated. <laughs> Talking to you than most. Absolutely. You know, I have a question for you, Sam. Oh, wait, hold it. Whoa, whoa. Sure. So a big a big topic that we've had on the show for, for this this week today has been a lot about the, the current situation that we have in regards to storage laws and things happening within within our town. I'm curious, do you have any what what are the the regulations, the storage laws that are out in your part of the world out there? What does that look like for you? Um, some were proposed a few years ago, 2019, I believe, um, but did not pass. Um, we, Virginia has some state specific gun laws, mm-hmm. um, some, some kind of weird ones, but n- as, as far as I'm aware, at least, uh, no specific, st- uh, safe storage laws. Um, those were very narrowly defeated, but it is something that, that always gets proposed. What you just said was pretty powerful. You just said not that you know of. And I, you know what? <laughs> I, you know how many people walk around here where we have regulations? Right. You cross over, you cross from one town to another and you're under a regulation. So many people don't even know. They're right. so convoluted. They're passed without a whole lot of knowledge sometimes. Yep. Right. Yeah. So yeah. part of the reason I say that is because uh, of a, a law was passed in Virginia that allows municipalities to set some of their own gun laws. Mm-hmm. So you can literally, like, for example, the city of Alexandria, if you're in Fairfax County, then you can carry concealed on public property. But if you cross over that line into Alexandria, um, you are committing a crime. Even though you have a valid Virginia concealed handgun permit, 
They've effectively banned concealed carry on all public property, including roads, sidewalks, parks, almost anywhere that isn't a home or place of business. Wow. That's crazy. Unreal. Well, they're trying. I mean, they're just throwing as much mud against the wall as they can to see what's going to stick. All right, Sam. Thank you very, very much. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, and we'll talk to you next week. Enjoy. Have a good night. Thanks, Thanks, buddy. All right, folks, hey, subscribe to our show. Give us a five-star review. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and Spotify. And please support all our great sponsors, San Diego County Gun Owners, Orange County Gun Owners, Inland Empire Gun Owners, the Dillon Law Group, Sage Tree, San Diego Flight Training International, and a big shout-out to Alicia Curtin, Michael Schwartz, Sam the Gunman, Matthew Dominguez, Brendan Thomas, our infamous board op and rich humel who comes up with the greatest interviews ever and don't touch that dial bob siegel is in the house and as i watched him walk by and the smoke was coming out of his ears it should be a pretty good show so until next week don't forget get your gun prom tickets join san diego county gun owners get on the website Come to the big building downtown on Tuesday at 9 o'clock, administration building, and uh, be safe, help your neighbor, and we'll talk to you next week on Gun Owners Radio, FM 961, AM 1170. The Answer.